podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, good morning and welcome to another Courtside Fracker morning report. Day two, day three of the second round of the 2022 NBA playoffs. Um, couple games into these series now, anyway. Um, I'm joined this morning by Yas. How's it going, Yas? All good, man. We it could it was it was touch and go. We weren't sure how how the mood was going to be after our <laughs> game two because our season could have been done, but we got our win, so our series one one. So yeah, I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. The, the playoffs are an emotional roller coaster. One thing about basketball fans is after one game, we love to. Yeah, the hot takes come out. A series is over if you got battered. Uh, if if it's a close win, yeah, we're gonna win in seven. Well, uh, Oggy, and- friend of the friend of the pod, Oggy has a theory that basketball, for that reason, is the most reactionary sport in the world because just the game is like, especially with seven game series, they just throw your expectations and your takes and and this and that all over the place. So, it's, so it's with Milwaukee, uh, Boston. Game one, we didn't crack 90 points. Game two, they didn't crack 90 points. So you could very easily just go wild with, with the takes from Eva. So, yeah. Yeah, well, it's going to be the most fun series to watch. And I'm also joined by Reams. How are you doing, Reams? I'm good, man. I'm, my nights are more peaceful now that the Timberwolves aren't in the playoffs anymore. So Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a great yeah. it was a great series. And I think despite yeah. the fact you didn't, you didn't win it, you've got a lot to take into next season, right? So that that you know, it's our first run together as a team to the playoffs. I think we took a really tough, we gave a really tough team a good series. Should have won it, really and truly. We've been honest here. <laughs> Should have won it, but you know, so it's a it's a young team. A lot of these guys, you know, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, they showed that they're special young players and they're the future for us. So I'm feeling good about the season we had. Yeah, exactly. One one of them ones. We're going to be covering two nights worth of games, so I don't want to hold you guys too much. Um, let's let's get right into it. Yes, you already mentioned it. The Milwaukee Bucks did not crack ninety points in game two. Your Celtics won one hundred and nine to eighty six. Can you start by giving us a quick game overview, sir? Yeah, I think um, we'll get into the details. Obviously, I know we run through the same questions and stuff. I think we. We just we got punched in the mouth in the first game, and I think we just replied by doing the exact same in the second. Um, the response was outstanding, came out and were just hitting all of our shots. And that's what I found interesting about the games is we it wasn't really a tale of two games. The shots were similar. Um, the shot profiles are similar. We had as many wide open threes. We still didn't really get to the paint much, not quite as scared of the paint as we were in the first game. But a big difference was that we were hitting them. Um, and there was a few little different wrinkles, which we'll touch on defensively and stuff. But but yeah, Jalen Brown had an amazing first half. Uh, as Reem said, he, he read my tweets um, that maybe he's a three <laughs> and not a two. And he, he had a... Stand up, Jalen Brown, stand up. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 I think he went eight of nine in the first half. 25 points, two steals, only two turnovers, which for him is great. Um and and yeah, and then he was able to take the second half off. It was only two of eight for the second half, but um, yeah, and just just and we I feared the worst because Marcus Smart was out, um, and yeah, when we when he is out, we do lose a ball handler. Derek White went zero of six, but still somehow managed to be 
a positive. Um, kept the ball moving and stuff. And I, th- I think that was the key. We just kept the ball moving. We found the shots. But it wasn't crazy different to the first game. The difference was we were hitting them. And I think I think the Bucks are always going to give you those shots. And so it is proper make or miss. And I still have concerns that we're maybe not the team that have the firepower to win four times like that. Um, mm. But if Grant Williams keeps hitting them from the corners and Tatum and Brown and, and Horford find their range, then then we could be good. But yeah, we just, we, 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 we survived a, a wobble in the second half when our offense sort of ground to the halt through our good work in the first. Yeah, yeah. I think when we were talking about game one, we both agreed that with the space they give you to take those perimeter shots, I expected you guys to pick up a game or two definitely that way. Um, in the in the second half, Yanis Yanis started. It was a tough it was a tough start for Yanis, and you've got one a, of eight. Of, yeah, you got a, well, zero for six at a point, and you've got um, a couple of guys who seem comfortable going one on one against him. But he had a period where he was Yanis, the best player in the game. Um, and he tried to grab it back from you lot, but you guys showed a lot of a lot of character, and you held out, and it ended up being a pretty comfortable win—not even a, a comfortable win. Um, who was your man of the match? I mean, we obviously our two guys. I think Tatum, Tatum, um, and Brown both had their halves. Tatum ended on twenty-nine, Brown ended on thirty, but Brown had twenty-five in the first half. Tatum had nineteen mm-hmm. in the second, so they kind of picked up the slack for the other one, either half. Um, I think you've got to go Grant Williams though. Um, Twenty-one Ooh, points. Interesting. Yeah, for me, like he was just he was massive. Like you could you could go with one of the stars. Like Brown obviously yeah. set the tone early with his scoring, and Tatum was massive in the fourth. I think he went like um, six of eight or something in the fourth with some really tough baskets. They were both really good in each half, but for me, I think the the defending that Grant did on. On Antetokounmpo was unreal. Twenty-one points, made six made threes from him was huge as well. Um, made the right reads and passes out of the corners, but yeah, like you, you kind of alluded to it in that we and and we did on the last episode talking about this series that we we do have guys that can defend Yanis, um, and Grant was fully fully given the the brief and the task in this in this second game. And over the two games, Yanis is, is shooting below 50% on him and he's got a much, much longer standing reach on him. Um, he, yeah, he had him a little bit in hell uh, on, uh, on, the, on the other night, man. And, and I think he was just fantastic. Like, Yanis' thing, and he did it in the third quarter in particular, is he gets a whistle sometimes where he just runs through guys and like a lot of other players get called for offensive fouls for it and stuff. He doesn't. But Grant is such a solid unit. He's just a freak mm. that he can't knock him. Um, he can't just knock him off his spot at all. So, so that was massive. Um, and and good from Adoka as well. Um, we'll talk about the coaching battle a little bit to trust those guys to defend him 1v1. And it, it stopped opening shots up for everyone else. But like, it had, I think the series also depends on people like Grant Williams doing as, as, as good a job as they do. Because if you just let Yanis go for 50, then it's going to be long. Yeah, I think I think how his game. I mean, goes without saying, he's he's their guy, isn't it? But their ability to to make it a tough night for him, um, game in game out, is what's going to dictate how long this how long this series goes. Um, we see that picture. That picture. Who is it? You you know this picture, Reem. You know, a cat tries to go into Boogie with his shoulder, and Boogie just stands there, like looks at him, like you good, bro. You good little bro. Um, 
That picture is the biggest myth on all of basketball Twitter. It gets on my nerves so much, bro. Actually, oh, my days. Because I actually watched that game live. He backed him down, dined it, and we won that game comfortably. Like. And somehow that's turned into a I love meme. it. Myth busted. Somehow that's turned into a meme on a possession, man. On a possession we scored on. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Oh gosh, I feel like we have to have a couple of those against Al Horford. Um, talk about the coaching battle for us, yes. Yeah, I think um, I think like I said, the games looked similar, and 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 Milwaukee just yeah, they stick to their system and they they give up these threes. But um, I think the biggest thing for us was is was not forcing threes that weren't there. I think we I think Udoka calmed the passing down quite well. But it was going back to what I just said, trusting guys to defend Yanis 1v1. Um, where we struggled first game was just the doubling just didn't work. It just opened up threes for others like Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton. Um, and I think that was that was massive. Like just trusting 1v1 against Yanis was big. Um Derek White started in place of smart was an enforced change, but quite a an interesting one. Like it just Derek White is shook to shoot the ball, basically, but he that means he just keeps it moving that little bit more. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was it was very similar to the first game. And so I'm interested to see if there's any real changes. I think Udoka came away with it just by trusting the 1v1 matchup. I think like I know I keep reiterating, but it was massive because then all of a sudden, with the length that our guys have and standing reach, like the closeouts on the threes that Yanis will kick it out to are so much harder for them to deal with. Um, Drew didn't have as good a day, like, and I think I think Bud they picked us up a lot higher. So like, as soon as we got over half court, over the halfway line, Drew, um, Wes Matthews were all over our guys. Um, that was a nice. It, was, it, it rushed us and, and got us out of sorts, especially in the third quarter. Um, we weren't able to just find our our spots and and pick, pick get into our sets and, and pick stuff out. Um, so I think I think it was a good it was a good well coached game from both sides, but I think just the trusting of of uh, the one v one defending opened it up for us. So I'm interested what they do next, like whether they get more dunker spot help because that was that was one way that they they managed to get through us a little bit. Yanis um, into Portis or even Connaughton in the dunker spot was was useful, but but yeah, I will give it a doka. But it, it's a it's a good series. Like it's not there's not too many like clangers or bad rotations. Doka only played seven guys. He weren't not he, he was not about, giving boy. any minutes away. Any he was like, yeah, we need to win this game. So um, yeah, it's, it's a well coached series. He's evolving. He's evolving as you go. And it's interesting you talk about um, Jason Tatum. Um, saw a couple of the baskets and we, the evolution of Tatum this season from All Star to. Uh, MVP candidate type levels has been great to watch and it's gone hand in hand with you guys turning things around this season. A lot of the time he settled for those, you know, those long twos that Jason Tatum fall, falls in love with when he starts to fall in love with his jumper and they were going down. Um, and I think a big part of him really having that evolution was getting to the basket, being able to be that, that step quicker and the game slowing down for him. Um, do you fear that if he reverts a bit too much back to the to the Tatum of the early season, that that potentially ends up being something that that maybe shifts the series back to Milwaukee? Or as long as they're going in, you 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 ain't mad. 
Do you know what is so it's interesting? Like, like I think he did show signs of old Tatum in game two, but then you watch games like uh Dallas Phoenix that, that Reen's gonna touch on, and it's so valuable to be able to do the long twos, man. Like even even Brown, Brown's first two baskets were long twos. Brown's first mm. two baskets were drive into the paint, stop on a dime, pull it up about about 14 foot um out. Um, and I think I think Tatum needed to come away from them because he wasn't good at picking the timing um, and he dribbled way too much into them and it was too obvious. But if he can find that balance, like it, I think he needs to almost find that balance to win the series. So I think you're right in that if he, if he just pounds the air out of the ball, spends too long on it, isn't looking up, isn't kicking it out, um, which he has been doing really well. Then it get then they then Milwaukee can smother him. But I do think there's going to be moments where he needs to make the right read and tempt Brook Lopez away from the basket. And mm. DeRozan, I think it was DeRozan on game two against Milwaukee. Like he he where, whichever one he got forty one. Like it was those game two, yeah. He tempted Brook out. He tempted Yanis out. And I think I think you need to have that in your arsenal against Milwaukee. So yeah, it's it's a tough one. I think. A good shot, you could argue, is one that goes in, right? Like, and, and good yeah. players should still be able to take that long too. But you're right. I think his judgment and his decisions are, I think, at the end of the day, what's going to carry us through the series. I trust the role players to do what they can do. Um, so you're going to need proper point forward Tatum with a sprinkle of his mid-range game to get us through it, I think. Mm. What was your player of the game? Played a game. There was there was one early on that was good, but then there was a there was a little sequence of ball movement which was unreal. Um, Brown. It was again. It was one a second quarter. They picked us up half court. Really, really aggressive. Tatum sets a little ghost screen for Brown. Drives. Brown kicks it out um, to Derek White, who skips it to the corner for Horford. Horford helps it along the perimeter. It's back to Brown. Little diag. Brown drives, two guys close him out. He goes back to Derek White, who's relocated for Horford. Horford then goes into where Derek White was in the dunker spot. Um, White's passed it back to Tatum at the top of the perimeter. Tatum takes like a one-two dribble drive, finds Horford under the basket, and then Horford finishes off the glass. And um, that's when we're at our best. Like Obviously, playoff basketball, you can't always have all that player movement, ball movement. Mm. But yeah, that was a really nice one. I, I think I coined it basketball with an O-L on the, on the Twitter <laughs> when I shared it because, yeah. Yeah, I felt, that. I felt, felt like that Tiki um, yeah. But, yeah, no, nah, that was lovely. That was that was player of the game for me. Yeah, you guys were feeling it, man. Um, it was a blunder of the game. It's tough, man. I don't know if there is, that, it is many. Um, I think it was... A, I guess, that, Giannis, that Giannis whistle, maybe? That Giannis whistle was crazy. I think, in general, the refs weren't good. There was a... What was his name? Tony... Scott Tony or something. I don't remember number thirty-nine. The ref, he was awful. He was poor for both teams. He was bad. Um, I think, yeah, I think, I think, in general, the, the flow of the game was ruined by the refs. Some of the refereeing in all playoffs has been a bit of a mess. Um, so I, I think both teams were pretty good. Like obviously Celtics were better, but um, yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't a well ref game at all. So I'm going to go with that. Good cop out answer provided there. Thanks, Brian. That's right. Um, and then finally, who were the lights too bright for? Grayson Allen had a bad game. 
Grayson Allen, they need to hit shots. He gets booed at every arena he goes. Yeah, he got <laughs> he got sat on his ass early, and he just was not aggressive at all. Like they need him to take and make more shots. Um, he played like thirty minutes, barely, and I think three or four field goals through the whole time. Um, I think part of that is us like daring Yanis to beat us by himself, but he was poor. Grayson Allen was not good. Um, and yeah, Javon Carter was quiet as well. Like, but I think it was part of our game plan. Like, we didn't allow the role players to to beat us and to 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 get into their rhythm and stuff. But but yeah, I don't I don't think it was necessarily anyone was like too bright because obviously Milwaukee are champions and they got guys across the roster. But yeah, Grayson Allen, Javon Carter, the role guys were not good. Cool, um, Reams. Let's come across to another series that's been tied up one one. Um, Ja Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies pull out a 106-101 win against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, give us a quick game overview. Well, um, the Grizzlies are Clay Thompson fingertip away from being two up in the series. But, yeah, um, I think this was an interesting game. Um, obviously, you know, the unfortunate injury to Gary Payton the second three minutes into the game. So, straight yeah. away... Um, the Warriors have lost their best perimeter defender, their guy that's going to match up against Jar defensively. Outside of Gary Payton the second, they don't really have a perimeter matchup for Jar, and they don't really have much rim protection. So this is the interesting thing about basketball, because in the first series against Minnesota, the one thing we did have was size and length to really throw at Jar in the perimeter. You've got Pat Bev, who isn't long, but he's annoying. And then other than that, you've got guys that are just bigger than him. Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, Jared Vanderbilt. You've got Cat, who's big and long, waiting for him at the waiting for him at the perimeter. So we've just really we just really made it difficult for Jar. Mm. You really had him, you had him looking crazy out here, man. They were saying some crazy things about Jar after that first series, bro. They were saying, <laughs> I, lie, I was it was moving me still. <laughs> you know what's, you know what's hilarious about basketball? Like every, every, everything bad that Memphis did, Minnesota got no credit for it. Like there's a reason why Jar Morant didn't play well on that exactly, first. Like, exactly. We schemed for him, but the thing is, Golden State. I think Golden there's there's an arrogance about Golden State yeah, and about Steve Kerr and the way they play basketball. It's kind of like a holier than thou arrogance about how they play basketball. Yeah, yeah, they, I know, mate. We had knee on the pod the other morning, <laughs> the whole, and it's from the it's from the top of the organi- organization all the way down. Down man. to the fans, bruv. bro. Like they You're think right. they they think they're too cool to trap John Moran and and blitz him and double him and get the ball out of his hands, and that's exactly what we did. And like, you know what I mean? But um, yeah. So they really couldn't. They really had no Jordan Poole food. Clay Thompson's a step slow food. <laughs> Funnily enough, their best matchup for Jar is probably Steph Curry right now. He's probably he's probably the best matchup for them. Andrew Wiggins is a big body. You know, he could he could maybe trouble him, get get to the stay with him, get to the rim. But a, a guy that's as quick as Jar, a guy is he, he's he's gonna match up better against kind of taller players. You know what I mean? Like he's so you can't really stop him snaking to the rim. You know what I mean? And like there's not really no rim protection there. Like Draymond Green. Is a great help defender, but he's not really a rim protector. And you're talking about a guy that is literally like the deadliest paint scorer in the league right now. So this is a matchup that that that, that makes more sense for John in terms of Memphis. Um, the thing is, they they they're gonna need a bit more. I think Desmond Bain injured his back. They're saying he's got back injury, so 
he 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 was the one that killed us in the in in the first series, mm. and they're not really getting much from him right now. So they're kind of relying on Jar's shot creation, his ability to really get into the paint and score. Um, and I think defensively, it's it's match basketball is such an interesting sport. Like it's crazy how matchups like completely change series because, yeah. A, 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 a team like Memphis, the thing they excel at defensively is defending off-ball action. And how do Golden State like to play offense? Yeah. Off ball, ball movement. Action. Yeah. Ball movement. <laughs> Steph running a 14 different pin downs. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like maybe in a series like this, you kind of need guys that could get the ball in isolation and just attack guys in pick and roll. Like John Morant is not a great defender. You need maybe you need to attack him in the pick and roll. But on um, Golden State, they, they they don't see maybe when they watch the Mavs series and see what what Chris Paul and Devin Booker has been doing to Luka Doncic, they might change their mind and start saying, yeah, this is how we need to target John on the defensive end. But yeah, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a tough series. I still have Golden State in maybe about six, just because of the just because of like the the know how and the been there before. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you still watch this this Memphis team and for they they do twenty dumb things a game, you know what I mean? But they have so they <laughs> this has become a bit of a meme now. But they have that dog in them, and that really is a <laughs> real thing. No, it's actually really a real thing, and that's why they won against us because they didn't out they 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 got outplayed for maybe they got outplayed for five of the six games. Yeah, and won the series, and the reason why they did that is because toughness and grit. And not giving up, and Brandon, they believe in themselves. They they believe in themselves for real. And Brandon Clark, like you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean, like crashing the boards, every loose ball, second chance opportunities. You know what I mean. So I think, I I think I, I tweeted in the first round like the only team so far that's moving me is the Celtics. I've changed my mind now. The Suns are also moving me, but. A lot of people was like, oh, like, what about Golden State? And I'm like, oh, they played well, but the team they're playing against is just a, it's not really much of a matchup for them. You know what I mean? And yeah, even from. You can't take too much from that that Denver series, to be honest. And, but even from. Would you, would, you, would you say game three or game four? From game three to game five, those were wars. Like, they yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't Denver, like. They, Denver, Denver, if they'd applied themselves. Um, from the start, the way they did in game um, four and game five, um, maybe they take them six, you know? And yeah, this like, is a Denver without their, ne- their two, the next two best players were never playing in this series. You so, know what I mean? Like, yeah. Jokic was the best player in that series and he played bad the first two games, you know what I mean? So those last three games, I was thinking like, what the, the Denver clearly overmatched here, but they're still giving the Warriors some serious problems. So now that they're playing a team that actually could play some defense. They got a few more perimeter creators, you know what I mean? They got a good defensive big man in Jaron Jackson, even though he can't stay out of foul trouble. Like this is a this is a matchup that's 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 showing you kind of the limitations of what the Warriors have at the moment. And like losing GP2, who's their best perimeter defender, is a bit is gonna be problematic throughout the rest of throughout the rest of the series. Mm. But I think as of right now, Clay Thompson Defensively, he's looking a bit cooked, you know what I mean. But that—that's that, to be expected after the injuries he's had. But you kind of still want to rely on him for shot making. He's not really making any shots at the moment. 
like him and Steph, they've shot poorly in the in, in the first two games. But with someone like Clay Thompson, like we've seen this before from him, even when he was in his peak, like he'll shoot terrible. Then there's a game where he'll like make eight threes and like score forty score points, 20, like, score, t- score twenty in a quarter. So the game, yeah. finished, the game finished one hundred six to to one hundred one. Was it as close as the scoreline suggested? Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Yeah. It was. A, it was. It was about um. And literally in the fourth quarter, it was it was it was a good a game going out to a wire. And what happened is John Morant closed it, and Steph Curry didn't. And that is in the playoffs, you need your best. You need to be able to put the ball in your best players' hands, and they can make mm. things happen for you. And that's what John Morant does. And he always seems to do it against Golden State. I think this is a matchup he, he really loves likes. it. He loves it yeah. against him. It's a matchup he really likes. I think it's hard for me to imagine the best shooting backcourt we've ever seen in basketball to continue shoot the ball as badly as they've shot it. But I really think I really think some maybe they, they need to swallow their pride a little bit and just put the ball in Steph Curry's hand, put the ball in Jordan Poole's hand. If you don't put the ball in Jordan Poole's hand and let him cook, then there's not really any point having him on there because he's not giving you anything on the defensive end, you know what I mean? Mm. Attack John some pick and roll, put him in some screen action, see if he's gonna compete, you know what I mean? And like that's gonna wear him down on the offensive end as well. Yeah, that's so, yeah, what like, I'm that's what a real sicko would do, man. A real sicko yeah. like me. Work that kid, man. Make him, make him, make him sweat. It's, it's so you know true, I mean? man. At, at the moment, Memphis could just hide him on Andrew Wiggins or hide him on um Otto Porter Jr. You know what I mean? They're all I'm of these guys. All, all of these guys are gonna chase you off the ball. Flipping Brandon Clark's super athletic. Desmond Bain's gonna chase you. You know what I mean? Flipping all of these guys. They they could defend off ball action pretty well. Like you know what I mean? Like. You need to put yeah, their bad, de- yeah. Yeah, yeah, put their bad defenders in isolation, and Jar Jar is their worst defender. So yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough series, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good series. Love it. Um, who's your man of the match? Oh, Jamaran. Yeah. Um, who won the coaching battle? I think you kind of gave us a little hint there, but who for you won that coaching battle in game two? Yeah, definitely Taylor Jenkins. I think. Um, do you know what? I, I think he need, deserves a lot of credit as well because, like, sometimes these guys could do some dumb stuff, man. Like, and like, so that's it's kind of hard to <laughs> it's kind of hard to mitigate that as a as a coach because these are your best players, but they're young players. And Memphis are a young team, like you know what mm. I mean. They're like four years ahead of schedule, really. Yeah, to where they to where they want to be. So, like, the dog Taylor Jenkins is doing is really good. You know what I mean? He's putting Jar in a position where he could really be the best version of himself. You know what I mean? Like Golden State are Golden State are guarding him like he's Russell Westbrook right now and he's and, and he's he made what five of twelve threes. Like yeah, if, he's, if John, he's, he's shooting efficiently from free. Boy. Yeah if John, if John, he, he, he couldn't hit a barn door in the first series. So like I think they've seen that they've decided we're just gonna let this guy shoot as many frees as possible, stop him from getting into the lane. And if he's making five frees, you're 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 in for a tough night. You're for a tough night. So mm. yeah, um, you know, but yeah, Taylor Jenkins is definitely winning the coaching battle so far. I think I think Steve Kerr is a bit too reluctant to make matchup adjustments um based on a matchup he has. He's too stuck in what he thinks his team does does successfully, but like in the it's it's the playoffs, like you know what I mean? Like this isn't the regular season, like you've got to make adjustments based on the matchup that's in front of you. Mm. 
That's interesting that you say that because I've I've always felt like he he better than a lot of coaches really uses the regular season as an opportunity to take a look at all his guys and give his guys different runs in different scenarios and and less so the kind of known quantities like your Stephs, your Clays, and your Draymonds. But you know your Kamingas, Moses Moody got a bit of runtime during the regular season. Um, Toscano. Um, who only played two seconds, yes, <laughs> only played two seconds in game two. But he, he gives his guys um, looks throughout the season. So I always felt like he did that. So when the playoffs came, they'd have a bit of, they'd have some runs to, to put them in. So it'll be interesting to see how how he adjusts um, in game three. I expect them to win, um, got that crowd, crowd supporting them. But yeah, like you said, it's, it's a proper series. And Memphis are just a proper matchup for, for Golden State. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch this one develop. I can see it going six seven for sure. Um, what was your player of the game, Reams? What was my player? Of the... Oh, John Morant gets the ball on the on the wing. Bink, bink, bink. Snicks into the paint. It's got Jordan Poole on him. Binks him to the left. Swivels to the right. Fakes. Bam. Back into the center. Little jump hook. Mid range jump hook. Drops Jordan Poole on his knees. Crazy, <laughs> just a crazy isolated big shot at a big moment. Crazy this isolation. Is the, this play. Is the fourth, yeah, yeah, the fourth. Like this is like the game was like 99, 98 to Golden State as well. Like so, mm. these are big shots. Like go ahead buckets. You know what I mean down the stretch. And it's just like it's just what you want to see from your best player. Just big shot making in the clutch. You know what I mean when your team really needs a bucket. You know clear the lanes. Let me go to work on a guy mm. that can't mm. guard me. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, after the way you lot dealt with him, I I was talking crazy. Um, so yeah, <laughs> seeing see him seeing him rise it. Um, it's, 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 people, it's, it's, people really don't. I feel like Jar went from like one of the most like loved, like excited guys in the league to like a guy that no one, like everyone, no one likes him now. You know what I mean? Like I you know, like you know, you know why though, don't you? Yeah, like when you get when you get too good. Like, John Morant is never supposed to be this good. Like, out the, in, in his draft class, it's supposed to be Zion Williamson, you know. Mm. Like, RJ Barrett, maybe everyone thought was going to be that. Like, John Morant was never supposed to be. And and he's so, like, he's so boisterous as well. He's so. It's that. Like, it's, it's, it's the boisterousness. It's the dancing. It's the. He's a little. His tweets are a little corny, but, like, oh, hope, it's the oh tweets. well, man. Like, it's, it's the, the tweets. Tweet. You stay on that side. It's like, bro, this is this is basketball. What are you talking about? You're the best player in game. You're the best player in the world in game one. In game two, you're a piece of shit. Listen, you're talking about Hall of Famers, MVPs, multiple time winners get dragged on this app daily. So, mm. what makes you possibly think that you won't get put through it too? The game is the game. This is why these guys stay off of their social media during the postseason, man. You read too yeah, much man. of that stuff, it gets to your head, man. And hey, what was man. your blunder of the game? That Gary Payton foul, um, or foul on Gary Payton. T- talk us through that, please. I- I've seen the clips. What exactly happened there? Um, So, GP through clear layup. Dylan Brooks has come back. He's trying not to give him a free layup, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's gone for a hard foul. He's kind of like gone to like swat the ball, but GP's kind of like come out. He's kept the ball out wide to kind of protect the ball from the from the swat. And he's come up to lay it in. And Dylan Brooks has kind of just come down. He's swiped down to try to hit the ball, got nowhere near it. It's forearm, a smash GP. 
across his head, like across his head while he's midair now. So as GP's so as GP's falling now, he's he's stretched his arm out to brace the fall, and he's literally hyperextended his elbow and he's literally dropped right down on his arm is planted, his hand has planted uh. right down, and his elbow is just hyperextended a bit back like. It's a it's a it's a dangerous play. Like we see like we see it all the time in basketball. Like you can't really hit guys while they're already well, up in the yeah, air. You know man. what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Obviously he didn't mean to it was a hard foul. He's like saying no free layups. Dylan Brooks is kind of a player like that, you know what I mean? Like he's a bit he's a bit reckless, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm not gonna he, he obviously didn't mean to injure him, like it's just a consequence of like doing that. That's why people say don't do that, because you you're putting guys at risk. Of injury, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, his intention wasn't to injure, but like, intention doesn't really matter here. Like, you, you, you put a guy in danger. Like, GP, this is a guy that was like a two-way player. He got converted. You know what I mean? He probably would have got a, a, a good contract at this off-season. You know what I mean? Like, so the implications here is it's not, it's not, is is a bit more serious for like a player like GP who really like had, had to, to grind, grind his way had into to grind league, really bro. to get to get to get himself on a rotation on a good team and get himself into the league. So. It's just a bit crap to see, and it's kind of like it gives Golden State fans a bit of an excuse now as well, which always, which always gets on my nerves, like because they always have an excuse for no matter what. <laughs> always having it. There's always something. No, not not Clay, not Clay and Steph shooting like shit. It's because Gary Payton the second has missed. Andrew Bogut didn't get injured. Then <laughs> LeBron James and Kyrie Irving would have given us forty. <laughs> Oh, give me a break, man. But no, yeah, like... they're fans the same way you said they think they're holier than that. Their fans are exactly the same. That whole franchise, everything they stand for, we're the best. We play the best basketball. You know, our owners are the tech bros. So we're so far ahead of you guys in regards to analytics. And listen, man, Steph had an ankle injury um, when he was young. So he didn't get as big as a contract as he should have done. That opened things up. You got Kevin Durant. Mark Jackson came and did his thing. Steve Kerr built on that. You're you're a brilliant franchise, but let's see let's see where you go when when Steph and these boys retire, man. We we all have our run in this league. Um, and finally, Reams, who were the lights too bright for? <laughs> um, who's the lights? I want to say Andrew Wiggins, but I feel okay. like that's a I feel like that's a bit of a low hanging fruit. Yeah. I feel like Andrew Wiggins right now is being judged by like the contract he's on, but he really shouldn't be judged by that contract. Like we gave him that contract because he promised <laughs> he, he promised our owner he's gonna get serious and he never got serious. So guy gave so my gave so my gave him a back contract. He's not a backs contract player. I think his role in Golden State right now is a solid one. And it, and I think it kind of reflects his standing as a player right now. If he's if Andrew Wiggins was on like 15 million a year, like people his contribution to this Golden State team would be perfect, you know what I mean? But I think maybe they might need a bit more out of Wiggs. Obviously, I don't want to say Clay Thompson because it's kind of hard to say here. the light. Yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of say the lights are too bright for a guy that's already been already been yeah, there, agreed. Done that. Um, and um, I, I, maybe Desmond Bain as well, but that's a bit harsh considering they're saying what he just the, and what he just did, and he said his what back. he just did against Minnesota, and, and he's and he's hurt his back. So maybe maybe I'd say Andrew Wiggins. Cool, come, love it. Um, yes, you are a saint and a scholar for taking on this series. Um, thank you, brother. Better you than, better, better you, better you than me, lads. Better you than me. Uh, if you don't know which series we're talking about, we're talking about the. I am not trying to watch Eric Spolster put Jimbo Harden in hell. 
Florida <laughs> struggle ball, man. Not Florida grit and grind. <laughs> the Philadelphia 76ers versus Eric Spolstra's Miami Heat. Um, the Heat take a 2-0 series lead, 119 to 103 win last night. Yes, give us a game overview. Uh, similar to the first one, really. I don't think Miami had to get out of second gear, really. Um, yeah, they just, they, 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 Philadelphia started, it started pretty competitive. First quarter was even, um, end of the first quarter basically tied, but then from then they just pulled away. Um, obviously, Philadelphia without Embiid, and obviously, Philadelphia gave up some key depth pieces to get Harden. So being down Embiid and then being down a Seth Curry and an Andre Drummond, who as much as I'm not an Andre Drummond fan. He's better than DeAndre Flippin' Jordan. Really. You look at DeAndre Jordan and you think he is Wilt Chamberlain. So, um, yeah, just just they're just not of the level, man. They're just not as good as Miami. Um, Miami are with, And also Miami are without um, Lowry. But I... I, I I don't know if they don't. Um, they don't miss a beat. They, listen, nah, they pay, they I, I quite like. I I think he's gonna impact. Like we'll do, we'll talk on with player of the game, but he, I think he's gonna. But I quite like the rotation as it is right now. But yeah, hey, listen, they they paid Duncan Robinson ninety million dollars, and he is getting DMP coaches' decisions right now. He yeah, cannot it's crazy. see the floor. He's not seeing the floor at all. It's crazy. Crazy, um, but yeah, just just Miami were clear, man. Like um, they're well worth their two 0 lead. Uh, Philadelphia missed shots like they they shot poorly from three um, and some of them were were good looks but like that Danny Green was shocking um, Danny Green was shocking Jimbo was bad from three Tyrese Maxi Tyrese Maxi was wasn't great from three but considering he finished with thirty four I don't want to don't want to complain about him too much mm. um, and Niang had some open ones that he could have done better with but but even even if they even if their threes sort of averaged out, I, I, I think they were they were so clearly second best last night. Out of the depth, I know in game one I, I spoke about the lack of Embiid, and you nor Shaq were particularly moved. Um, if I, I, do, I do think it matters because I think they even with Harden now they've they've recalibrated a little bit, but they are what they they play through Embiid a lot. Um, mm. and I think I think that's why I was so impressed. I guess impressed with the Mavs and disappointed with the Jazz in that when you are playing through a guy all season and don't have them in the playoffs, it is tough to adjust. I imagine, but um, even like I, I think Bam Bam's a great matchup for Embiid for Miami mm. though. So I think Embiid. I don't know what his situation is with coming back. Um, I don't know. It, boy, I don't know if he's definitely <laughs> back for game three. If he's not back for game three, then he might as well take game four off. Because I yeah, don't it's think a sweep, it's a sweep isn't it? Um, yeah, it could well be, man. Cool. Um, who was your man of the match? For, it was Butler, right? It was Jimmy Butler. But just because in, in keeping with my Grant Williams theme of giving it to the, the guy who maybe goes underrated, Victor Oladipo was really good. Victor mm. Oladipo got 10 fourth quarter points, finished with 19, hit some clutch threes, locked up Harden. Harden couldn't get past him at all. Like he and to think Oladipo's come back from his own injury issues and stuff. Yeah. Um and was staying well in front of Harden. Um didn't let didn't get no change out of him at all. 
So yeah, that was that was big, and that's where I quite like. Like this is where the the Kyle Lowry thing. Kyle Lowry is thirty six, barely barely takes any twos anymore. Doesn't get to the basket anymore. He's an exclusive three point shooter. It feels like I like Point Jimmy better than I like Kyle Lowry at this stage of his career, and I like the minutes that Oladipo got coming off the bench um, in the backcourt. So I don't know, like, yeah, I think Oladipo and, and Butler were outstanding. Bam was really good as well, but I wouldn't really mess with that um, backcourt rotation personally. Like, I, I, I liked it a lot. So I'm sure they will squeeze Lowry in, but I'll be interested to see just, impact, just yeah. how they decide to do it. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, It's typically... Who won the coaching battle? But with Doc Rivers, I'm going to call it who lost the coaching battle. Uh <laughs> yeah, they had they had no answer for the pick and roll. The ba the Bam and Jimmy two man game was class. It was so good, um, and they had zero answer for it. Um, it was it's, it was very much like Jimbo and Tyrese. Off you go, see what you can do. Harden Harden had some nice playmaking, and you know he, he set some guys up for some open ones. Maxi did what he could. Um, get into the basket at will, getting past guys at will, scoring in transition at will, but nothing felt great. Nothing felt very um, designed or organized. It felt a bit random. He's finally cottoned on to playing play Paul Reed instead of DeAndre Jordan, but um, DeAndre Jordan only saw like two minutes in the second half, but Paul Reed's raw partly in place because of not getting those reps towards the end of the regular season mm. um which everyone could have seen this coming yeah so, uh, this is light for spo like i think he's just letting he's just treating it as bam and jimmy two-man practice like it's it's like cool what's your play of the game play of the game um there was one in the in the fourth which i loved it was um that the aforementioned two-man game. So they set up in like a corner set and they had, um, I think it was Struess and, and Depot camped in, in, the, in the weak side corner. Um, and then it was like a little Hawks cut where Jimmy threw it into Bam and then ran towards the basket with Hero setting a back screen. Bam basically lob passes it to Jimmy for the dunk. Um, and again, like it was, it was a lovely play, lovely little set, lovely design. But also just sort of showed you, yeah, they're treating this as a scrimmage. Like it was, I think it put them up by 15 or something. But there was a lot of nice stuff. Like there was one as well early on where Jimmy hit it out to Bam uh, at the top of the key, had all the time in the world to shoot it and was sort of half motioned up to shoot it, but then slung a pass through about three guys for Jimmy as well. Um, but yeah, you could, you could have picked three or four from them two in particular. They were outstanding. Yeah, they're <clears throat> thinking our preview of the first round. We 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 spoke about um, whoever came out of the West, and we were assuming the Suns having to uh, be a lot more rested than whoever came out of the East because of just how how much of a war the East was going to end up being. But Miami are having a a good time of it at the moment. Miami got. I said it to Shaq the other night. They got a very nice side of the bracket. Yeah, like an embiidless Sixers and a ninth seed Atlanta. And then by the time they get to the conference finals, if this Milwaukee Boston, if these first two games are anything to go by, it could Very be going six or seven. That'd be a battle. I think Miami 
will be hey. very well rested for their conference finals. That's the, well reward. That's the reward you get for finishing as the number one seed. That's why people talk about who cares about the regular season. If you yeah, take the regular boy. season seriously and get the number one seed, you get rewarded mm. <laughs> with getting the easier side of the bracket. Mm. What's your blunder of the game, yes? I mean, blunders, you could talk about a lot of the mysteries. Danny Green won one of, one of nine, which is horrific. Um mm. But at the same time, it's like the roster's not good, bro. Like I get that Harden was your guy. I get you wanted him, but this version of Harden, who does not have the burst, I'd, I said to you before we start recording, this is now eleven straight playoff games apparently where he scored less than twenty-five, and this is a guy whose entire rep and legend has been based on him being this superb scorer. Um, obviously he's a great playmaker. I get that. He's still finding passes. I get that. He's setting up guys for good looks. But then if that's the hard on which he is now, which he is, and he's not the individual scorer that he was, which he isn't, then he needs a roster around him. Like a playmaker is only as good as the guys he's setting up. Um, and so the blunder of the game was just bricking out, Danny bricking, but just you can't help but watch Philadelphia and think Seth would have been a beneficiary here. Drummond would have been a beneficiary here. And so I think that like, you can't help watch them without seeing the the roster weaknesses. Um, but yeah, Danny Green going one of nine was, was horrific. And DeAndre Jordan should not be getting any playoff minutes. I don't care. Like playing him 13 or 14 or whatever it was, he shouldn't be. He may be one of the worst rotation players. He, I'm, I'd be confident he is the worst rotation player still in the playoffs, like without a doubt. <laughs> he's been a, he's been a madman for a couple of years. What I love about Danny Green, you don't give a fuck, man. I think they, when he was at the Lakers, their fans were onto him. He's like, listen, man, I'm from Texas, I got guns in it. Let's let's not <laughs> let's not do too much, boys. Um, and finally, if there is anyone who who the lights too bright for, yes. Yeah, no, I think I think everyone. I don't know about lights bright. I think I think Danny Danny Green might just turn around and tell me that he's got loads of guns and a chip. So he might argue that the lights aren't, aren't too bright for him. Um, a few chips, three chips. Sorry, I think yeah, Toronto, yeah. San Antonio, and the Lakers, but the bubble one don't count, does it? So, um, yeah, just not not no one really. It just was poor. I think um, Yang was poor. Tobias Harris had another solid game. Um, Maxi did what he could, and then it's not that the lights necessarily are too bright for Harden. It's just that he's cooked. Like he's just not got the physical things that made him what he was anymore. Yeah, go on, throw it, Danny Green. I know he's been around the block. Maybe the lights were not too bright, but just his legs are just too heavy at this point. But um, yeah, whose legs were too heavy? That that's the that's the that's yeah. The we go. One. That's the next one. Lights <laughs> too bright or legs too heavy? But yeah, that was that was poor. And to be fair, like. They were good looks in it, so you could argue that another player hits them. But, but I guess the opposite light of lights too bright. I think people Sixers fans should be very excited about Maxi. Like mm. for him to come in, I think this is his first or second postseason, and he's just smashing it. Um, yeah, he's not scared of nothing. Someone asked like a while ago, like, and it was fair. They were like. Hero is talked about as a nearly all-star. John Morant is an all-star. Um, Garland is an all-star. Like, and they were like, 
Maxi is not really mentioned in these discussions whatsoever. Like, why what, is he going to be an all star? Why is he not an all star? Okay, he's not John Morant, but he wasn't an all star this season, but he's on that trajectory. Yeah, that's what I mean. He, he's not quite there, but he, I, I could see, I, I wouldn't be shocked if in two years he's well in this conversation. Um, like, he's a good scorer. I, I think they, I think they, I think, I think they kind of, I think the, the, the conversation that they kind of put him in is him, Darius Garland, Jordan Poole. Like Tyler Hero, I think. Yeah, that's but even but even most improved, he didn't get the same uh, mention as those guys, you know. So, I don't. I, I don't think sophomore should win most improved. To be perfectly honest, like. Yeah, you're meant to improve. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think but I think Maxi is maybe the opposite. Is he? He was outstanding um, again. Mm. It's interesting. We we spoke at the top about. Um... Jimmy's potentially signing that huge contract this this summer, which would really, yeah, that would set them back, and that would, in my opinion, firmly shut that championship window for Joel Embiid. And I just was quickly taking a look at the free agent market and um, got Bradley Bill twenty eight sitting sitting right there, man. Um, add him to to Max, he'll still be on his rookie contract for for a couple more years. Um, and then B2 is right in his prime, and you're primed to go again. But yeah, like I said at the start, yes. Um, Maury calls, um, Daryl Maury, that is, calls James Harden his basketball Jesus or his basketball, um, God, whatever he calls him. Um, and he he moved everything, he moved heaven and earth, um, to get him to to Philly. That was actually, so that was actually Sam, that was actually Sam Presti you're thinking of there. Was it Sam Presti? Yeah, yeah, he's called Kevin, he said Kevin Durant is a basketball god. James Harden's a basketball genius, and Russell Westbrook's a basketball warrior. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Reams. So, he's going to give him the contract, isn't he? Um, but, yeah, yeah they're, they're screwed, basically. Anyway, let's finish up, Reams, with um, the Suns versus the Mavs. Um, Suns, like we, like we keep mentioning, far and away the best regular season team this season, uh, records-wise. Uh, and they've taken a commanding lead of this series, uh, and they 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 dealt with um, Dallas to the tune of 129 to 109 win. Um, give us that game overview, sir. I think I need to start before I get into the game. I need to start with making a very important part point regarding the Dallas Mavericks. Outside of Luka Doncic, the reason why the Dallas Mavericks are so good this season is because to the surprise of everyone, they played elite defense. Correct? Yes. Mm. Like, that's the reason why they were the home court top four seed in the in the West. They have one of the best defensive players in the game and as a team collectively, they played elite defense. With that being said, in these two games so far against the Phoenix Suns, Jesus Christ, that defense has been shredded, sliced, diced, season, put on the skillet, and it all starts with number 77, <laughs> Luka Doncic, who the Phoenix Sun has attacked with a relentlessness that I've never seen in my life. Like, I only caught a fourth quarter, Reams, but the way that was the worst of it. was hunting Doncic was crazy. <laughs> that was the worst of it. Listen, I got a stat here. Hold on. So, <laughs> all right. 
<laughs> I've never heard a man giggle at a stat. That was hilarious. <laughs> you know me, I'm not, I'm not the stats guy, so when I'm drawing for my stats, I need to put into context how much they attacked Luka Doncic. I know yeah. how much they attacked Luka Doncic, how successful they were. Yeah. So, the Suns went after Luka 50 times as the screen defense. 50? 5-0. Wow. And they scored 1.72 points per chance. Yeah, that, that that's ridiculous. And just so, to give that just to give that a bit more context, um, when you kind of do the, those sort of stats breakdowns that Reams just did, normally the, the like the 90th percentile guys are at like 1.1, 1. 1, 1. 1.2. Um, so for them for you to be getting if one point if you're almost getting two points per every time you attack a guy, that's basically a free bucket every time. <laughs> Think about it. And listen, yeah, the, the the what's more crazy about the Suns is they are a mid-range jump shooting team. Mm. This the shot that they told us is the least efficient shot in basketball, and yep. they are scoring two point shots at will, like literally. Chris Paul, like literally, mm. like they in the fourth quarter, they literally put Luka Doncic in screen action. Whoever, wh- whoever, whoever was in the fourth quarter, they started blitzing Chris Paul to the ball out of his hand, right? And, like, <laughs> and literally, whoever was guarding Luka, they literally just Chris Paul would literally just kick the ball out to him. They'd attack Luca. Someone, the, the, Dallas would collapse to the paint, kick it out, free shot, or they they'd attack the closeout, free diamond to the literally like it was it was it was clockwork. Like I've not seen a team make team basketball look so effortless since like San Antonio in 2014. Like mm, that was a team, man. The way they was dicing up this map, this, this Dallas this Dallas defense, and especially Luca, like Chris Chris Paul's a sicko. He's a sick bastard. He's very sick. <laughs> he was very sick. Like he's doing like he could allow them on a couple of possessions, but nah, literally every time. Where is number 77? Like this is Chris Paul like saying, like, bro, like, I am the point god, like, you know what I mean? Like, not you. And like, oh my days, Chris. Listen, I'm 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 you know me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm as big a Chris Paul hater as, as anyone out there. I don't like really giving this guy his flowers. He's a cretinous man. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to basketball, he is really a, he is really a savant. Like, this guy, 37 years of age. It's crazy, man. Getting Luka Doncic in isolation, running the pick and roll, scoring, diamond, Devin Booker playmaking. His, his ability to score in the mid-range attack. Oh, my days. You know what? And someone someone made an interesting point earlier that I saw on Twitter. It was like, for the first like half of Chris Paul's career, he was kind of like made to be the his team's primary perimeter scorer. Mm. And when you're a 5'11", six-foot guard that plays defense as well, because Chris Paul played, plays defense as well, that's kind, it's kind of hard responsibility to be your team's best playmaker and best scorer. Like you see, we've seen it in series before, like against 2014, his matchup against Russell Westbrook, a guy that's bigger, stronger, more physical than him. And as the series went on, it kind of just Grind, him down, yeah. grind, grinded him down, you know what I mean? But now they paired him with two elite wing players back end of his career, James Harden, almost won a championship with Harden. Obviously, you know, the, the Rockets <laughs> traded him away because <laughs> it looked like he was cooked. He looked like he was a good dude. But it turns out <laughs> it looked like he, he was, was a good dude. <laughs> now he got food. Yes. Obviously, obviously that turned out to be a mistake. Now they paid him with Devin Booker. And look, this this is the best chance he, he's ever had to win a championship. So 
It's really sometimes you just gotta find yourself in a good situation. And Chris Paul at 37 years of age, he's aging like fine wine, really. And um, yeah, this 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 series with the Mavericks, so like I think Jason Kidd this season has proved to be a better coach than we all gave him credit for. So they got some serious adjustments to make in the in game three. I'm not really like Lucas come out and said he's just got to play better defense. I'm not really sure what he's going to do because I think he, he can't really move like his, he, he, can't, he can't really is, he can't really turn his hips quick enough yeah like I know I know he's coming off a calf injury so I don't know if there's a, that, that he's still having some mobility issues you know the muscle injuries they really cook your mobility like you know what I mean Jalen Brunson in, 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 in the first series against uh, Utah Jazz of Salt Lake City Jalen Brunson was matched up against a man called Donovan Mitchell, who was giving him a free run to the to, to the. He was giving him a layup line to the rim every time. I like, love to know what his point per point per possession w- was. Probably up there with Lucas, man. On, Don, on Donovan Mitchell, oh my god, yeah. it was probably two point two point seven. <laughs> every time Donovan Mitchell got got to Jalen Brunson, that was a free layup. Mm. But in this series, he's not seeing. There's no food out there for him. There's no food out there for Jalen. There's no like there's there's they got a matchup for him, you know, they can switch him onto a Chris Paul, Macau Bridges, um Bossman ninety-nine for J J Crowder. Yeah. Like there's not really any there's not really any free layup for for, for Jalen. So like this again, as I mentioned with the Memphis series, um matchups are so important because you got a guy like Jalen Brunson who's a who's a great slasher. You put him against a, a meaty perimeter defensive team. He's gonna eat flash your day, yeah. But against a team that could switch everything, you know, I mean, could could guard could guard the paint. Um, so like last night, DeAndre Ayton was in foul trouble. They've subbed out DeAndre Ayton. They brought in JaVale McGee, who played amazing. I literally like JaVale McGee last night. There's so many possessions where, like, especially down the stretch where they tried to blitz Chris Paul, get the ball out of his hand. He's just relocated it to, to Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder's attacked the closeout and just dumped it into JaVale McGee and he's either laid it up and made an extra pass, like, so good. Um, he got into foul trouble. They subbed him out. They subbed the Bismarck Biombo. They really got, like, a free big man rotation that's so important in these playoffs, which is what they didn't really have last year. Like, when 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 DeAndre Ayton came out of the game, who did they bring in? Yes, Frank Kaminsky. Like, who, who was their backup big man last year? Like... But now they literally, you, your, your, your main big man's in foul trouble. You bring in JaVale McGee, who's giving you quality minutes. JaVale Even McGee, Bismack had a couple good minutes. Like. You bring in Bismack Biombo, who's giving you quality minutes. And like that's what they didn't have against the, 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 the Milwaukee last year. You know what I mean? So now the Phoenix, they're, they're looking really good, man. They're looking really good. I think, the Mavs, I think the Mavs might be in trouble this season. Because, again, Luka does so much on the offensive end. I think maybe, maybe they could get him to give up the ball a little bit more. I know, like, Jalen Brunson hasn't been great, but maybe you could put the ball in his hands a little bit more, put the ball in Spencer Dinwiddie's hand a little bit more. Luca having to do so much offensively, and they're literally putting him in defensive action every time. They're attacking him defensively every time. Like, we've seen this last year against the Clippers where, like, he'd start out hot, and by the fourth quarter, he's cooked. Cooked, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is the, the Phoenix are getting him there even quicker now because they're putting him in so much defensive action, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I'm curious to see what kind of adjustments... Um, uh, Jason Kidd makes both for game three. Let's see if Luca maybe putting t- tackle in a bit more effort on the defensive end, maybe lighten up the offensive load in himself a little bit more by putting the ball in, in his other ball handlers' hands a little bit more. But yeah, right now I think 
I can't, I can't see, I can't see this this series going longer than five at the moment with the level. Yeah, you're expecting the Suns to grab grab one in Dallas, aren't you? Yeah, I think Luca. I think Luca might go crazy. I think Spencer Dinwiddie's due a big game. You know, he's the type of guy to have one of those yeah. big games where like he can't miss. Oh yeah, yeah, microwave kind of guy, yeah. uh, microwave scorer. Cool. So, who is your man of the match? I think I already know, but I, I like to hear it from you, brother. I think I think I'm gonna go Chris Devin Devin Booker. Was, I haven't spoken on Devin Booker much. You haven't, no. He was really great as well, and he played good defense on Luca as well. Like that's 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 what that goes on the radar. Devin Booker really competes on the defensive end now. Like, and I think guys like him do. He's like the opposite of like a Jalen Brown because he's like a light skinned guy, and he's not really that. <laughs> he's not the most athletic in the world. He kind of doesn't really. He doesn't yeah, really yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Jalen Brown is the opposite. He, he's a black guy, super athletic. They think he's clamp. So like, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> I'm, I'm glad Re- I'm glad Reem said this because I said it a few weeks ago and I was worried I'd get cancelled, but uh Reem, Reem's around. <laughs> but yeah, the Jalen Brown defense is colorism at his finest. That reputation is bullshit, man. But yeah, so now Devin Booker's competing his ass for the defensive end, and he's literally he's, he's playmaking, he's scoring in the mid range. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, I, th- I think I'm gonna go Chris Paul though, man, because he his his the way he controls a basketball game is is crazy. Like this is the, music to my ears, man. And this in the music to my and ears. in the fourth quarter, he really like he's a guy that can really just start scoring whenever he feels like it. When, <laughs> it's crazy when, when he gets a, when he gets a mismatch that he likes. When he finds that mismatch that he likes, you're in big trouble. Like you know, you know what I mean. It's so yeah, crazy. yeah, definitely Chris Paul. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. His his understanding of the game, and like you say, he's he's so smart. I remember when we first started courtside, and I'd always say to you guys like, his only weakness is that he's too small. And you lot would always laugh like, well, well, yeah, you can say that about anyone. And 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 what I was the point I was trying to make is that when you like look at his actual skill set, there's nothing that he's bad at. Like he he's good at pretty well. He's he's he, at, in his prime. He was elite at both ends of the floor. Um, but what happens is that you get to the playoffs and your best player is six foot. I'll just stick a guy who's six eight on you. I'll just stick a guy and we'll just beat you up for four games. And by the time you get to the and he's a guy who's had bad luck with injuries anyway, like te- smaller guys tend to. Um, so also, he's, though, he's he's thirty seven tomorrow, right? And we mentioned on this episode that Kyle Lowry basically just has to settle for three-pointers now. Mm. Because at 36, he hasn't got, like, the burst anymore. Chris Paul can still basically cook most guards, and he's 37 tomorrow. Like, it's crazy. The thing, the thing, with, the thing with Chris Paul right now, like, he's he's always kind of been a mismatch hunter. You know what I mean? So, like, in, in like, certain series where the mismatch isn't there as much... Like he struggles. He, he might struggle. Like against, like against Milwaukee. I want to say he struggled against Milwaukee, but they had Drew, Drew Holiday, Holiday made it. He gave, it gave him a bad day. They had Drew Holiday draped all over him. Like that's a tough matchup. Like you know, mm. you know what I mean. So like against this, like he's seeing like like even even in like even in the last series against the Pelicans, it was a they was they was in a war. They was in a war against the Pelicans because there's not really no they they have Carlito on him, um Alvarado. You you put Herb Jones on him, like you know Brandon Ingram, like the only real bad defender that they had in that lineup was 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 CJ McCollum. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, um, right now he's found he's found he's found his mismatch, and it's Luka Doncic, and they're gonna they're gonna feast on him until he does something about it. Yeah, it must be humbling. You know, you go into the timeouts and your teammates are just like. 
Stand up, like stand up, man. Like you're getting, you're letting them cook you. Play after play after play. Um, 50, your... it him fifty times. That's insane. Do you know how <laughs> shameless that is? But like you say, it's a it's, it's a matchup. It's a matchups game, man. I, um, I dare Golden State not try to do the same thing on Jamar at next game. I literally, dare they not try to do the same thing. It's such a great demonstration of the point you were making earlier that you know. You may want to play your pretty basketball, but this is about winning and this is about exploiting matchups until the opposition take away that ability for you to exploit that matchup. So beat it into the ground. Like, yes, when we came into, we're talking about this series, Jason Kidd was like, boy, they've got DeAndre Ayton who can actually score. And after game one, you're like, boy, Ayton's going to go for 25 and eight every single game. This is going to be a quick. They didn't even need Ayton. They didn't even need eight in yesterday and they won handily. So, yeah, you're really looking, where do Dallas make any sort of gains on them? All, all I'm saying is that could have happened to Anthony Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, um, who won the coaching battle? <laughs> oh, Monty Williams. Monty Williams, by far. Like, it, it, it was a mismatch. It was, it was a mismatch. It was so crazy. This guy's getting... They, Phoenix just don't run out of good players. It's kind mm. of a and they don't like they literally their third big man in the rotation came on and gave them quality minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think Shamit um... gave them minutes, good minutes. Cam Johnson, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's he's come a, he's come a long way. He's one of those guys who drafted as an older guy, um, but he's a he's a good NBA player now. And I think why people have probably been not as high on Phoenix as other teams is Devin Booker as their best player. Maybe he's not like a a Nova Kane completely go crazy take over a series level talent. But I think across their roster, they've all made little incremental gains and they're all a little bit better than they were last season. I think if you lose the way they lost last season, you can't help but get a bit better. You know what I mean? Like, mm. The way they lost last season, they, they kind of went outside. Like, you know what I mean? They, so... did. they, they, they really did, man. <laughs> yeah, so... They kind of Devin Booker's come out and said, "Oh, this season's a bit of a revenge tour, corny." But <laughs> it is what it is. That's, that's yeah. how they feel. That's how they feel. You know what I mean? Like they're trying to get their lick back that they feel they feel that they should have got last year. So we'll see in it. We will do. Um, play of the game. Oh, there's a couple. Um, oh, there's one play where, so as I said, they 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 tried to blitz CP. Um, with, with book with um Reggie Bullock and Luca, he's kind of um. Kicked it out to to J to J crowd um to Lon- to Shamit on the perimeter yeah extra pass to Mikael Bridges closed out of him he's attacked the closeout driven dumped it into Javale McGee laid it up and a second one um I think this might be my favorite they blitz CP again um he's hit um Javale McGee in the short roll but he's kind of like lobbed it up over because Luca's massive in it so he's kind yeah. of like he's like throwing it up over um. Luca over Luca to the short roll for McGee. McGee's kind of like reached up into the air and like plucked it out of the air. Maxi Kleber's got a tie on him and he kind of just put a beautiful bounce pass into the pocket. Well, magic, uh, yeah. No, no, no. A little he he bounce pass, perfect into the pocket. Mikael Bridges is cutting from cutting from the corner, lays it up like I'll 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 tweet it on the court side account, but that pass from Javel yeah, was crazy. Listen, you're, 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 I'm gonna have to go back and watch this game. You're, you're yeah. selling whatever you're selling uh, reams right now. I'm buying it, man. Buying it, yeah. Crap and take my money. Uh, what's the what's the blunder of the game? Um. Oh, Javel McGee again. 
It's so funny. We were talking about how, you know, the, the Shaq to the Fool days where he was literally on every single episode, how he's gone on to become a champion, a, a, a true vet. Um, it's, it's been brilliant to watch. But tell me what Javel did, man. So there's a possession where, like, Dallas Murray, Dallas is kind of like, they're, they're swinging the ball, swinging, swinging, swinging. And every Phoenix rotation is perfect. Swinging, swinging, swinging. And then I think they've got the ball into, like, Maxi Kleber in the... In the in the paint, and Javel McGee's just tackled him. <laughs> and he's literally a perfect, like, literally the most perfect position. Like, Kleber's got, he's going to throw up, like, a terrible shot, and Javel's just tackled him for no reason. And I think that was, like, his fifth foul as well, so he's had to come out of the game. Oh, Javel. And, it, and it, that, 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 those are the kind of brain farts that stopped you from being, like, a really, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like, but, like, nah. But Javel played great, like, other than that. But, yeah. Lovely stuff. Yeah. And who were the lights too bright for? Jalen Brunson. That's man. my guy. You know, you know I'm a Jalen Brunson guy. Yeah, man. <laughs> Jay Wright product, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know man. I mean? Jay Wright made, you know what I mean? But this this might not be a series for him, man. No, I was going to say... Is he, losing, is, he losing, is he losing money? Because after that Utah Jazz, he, he was looking maybe nine nine figs. Um, is it, is he, he losing a bit of money? He might be, he might be tanking his, his, his worth here. That, 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 that might work out good for a team that ends up getting him, though. You know what I mean? Like, because he might have ended up being an overpay, but now he yeah. might really, you might get him for some better value. I'd have him in Minnesota, to be fair. Yeah, um, four, four years 80. I, I ain't yeah, mad at that, man. I'd have him in Minnesota. I think the Knicks will still want him. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah he's going so, uh, to get, get paid still. He's going to get paid. Facts. Lads, um, yeah, we, we, we try and go a bit short and sweet with these morning pods, but we had a couple days worth of games to, to cover. And it's so interesting now that on the separate days, you've kind of got the series which our, our teams are running away with. So last night's games with the 76ers and the Suns. And then we've got a couple of wars with your Celtics, yes, and the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I'm enjoying the playoffs, man. I'm yeah, enjoying we, these playoffs. We, we've yet to have a seven-game series, so I kind of need that. Yeah, I, I need that. But yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, I, I need that. I'm looking at Celtics, Bucks. Um, and Grizz uh, Warriors to potentially one of those two go go seven games. A, a real war. Um, but I want to thank you guys once again for getting up super early to record this pod. Always a pleasure, lads. Peace. I love guys. Sports Social Podcast Network.